We on? Okay. Hot mic. Hot mic. Welcome, everyone, to We Now Have a Name, the Couple XY podcast. Yay. Three Yay podcasts, and we finally got a name. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's a good name. I think it's a good name. That's right. And it's a Friday afternoon. Sitting it's Friday down afternoon here in the vault. In the vault. And it is Pride Month. It is Pride Month. It is June. Um, it is hot down here. It's a little stuffy, but we're gonna we're gonna manage. Yeah, it's only an hourish. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little sweaty. Okay, so what do you want to talk about today, baby? Well, I think we should talk about Pride Month. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it'll only come around once a year, so <laughs> if we miss this month, we won't be able to talk about it for an entire year. Right. Um, I know there are two specific things you want to talk about. Well, what did I you, have? Uh, so notes. you. You went to a drag show recently. I did go to a drag show. How was that? It was fun. Um, I was very surprised that in central Louisiana, there is a whole Pride weekend with a full-on professional drag show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a super f- family-friendly event. Um, and like the kids were running up and hugging the drag queens, and it was just really all-around feel-good time. And... That whole day, uh, I think it started with a parade. Uh, I didn't get down there till later, so I missed the parade. But um, it was, yeah, it was a whole big event, and it was really nice to see just everybody just hanging out and being chill and having a good time. So speaking about kids going to drag shows, I recently kind of saw like just in passing, but I did not click onto it because it was Florida, and I don't like <laughs> getting involved in Florida too much. Um, but I Sorry, w- people from Florida. Want to say like DeSantos wants to now pass a bill where you can't—they're not going to allow children to go to drag shows, which is overreaching or our government overreaching its bounds. Like, it, yeah. it's in no way, shape, or form. You can't—you should not be regulating social events. You can't regulate if a parent wants to bring a child to a drag show or not, as long as like there's no nudity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I know some drag shows are different than other drag shows. There's, there yeah, there can be burlesque drag shows. They're, they're spicy. They're, yeah, this one wasn't very spicy. It was just drag queens in their super awesome regalia and super sparkly dresses and crazy wigs. Yeah, and you know what? If kids want to go to it or if your parent wants to bring their kids to it, it's none of the, the government's business. Right, I don't understand. Whatsoever. I don't understand any government trying to regulate morality or what they think is morality. That's a That's a... Yeah, it, that can be a slippery slope, and it goes both ways. You know, you can't regulate morality to say that people should act a certain way or should believe a certain thing, and you can't do it the other way. Like, you, you just, you've got to let people kind of live their own life sometimes. And I think that's one of those those steps that it has to, like, live its own life. Right. Um, and I also think it, it oversteps um, separation of church and state. Yes. Because I'm pretty sure that DeSantos' whole thing is coming from some sort of religious, Christo-fascist background, whatever. That does remind me. Okay, so today I saw a meme on, on the Facebook. On the Facebook. And it was like, if um, government buildings can fly a pride flag, then we should be able to put the Ten Commandments back into the courtrooms and Bibles back into schools. And I'm like, you do realize that these are two different things. Like, why are you using... Like gay pride or, or pride month or whatever you want to call it as like a call to 
try to integrate Christianity, not even all religion, just Christianity. Actually, we'll go with Judo-Christianity because, like, the, the Ten Commandments doesn't have anything to do with Christianity. Well... It's the pre... If I... Here's the thing about Christians these days. And this is... They're this persecuted. Is, they're so... Per- yeah, whatever. Um... And I shouldn't, I, just, I don't want to do this blanket statement like all Christians are like this because they're not. Um, but I think there are, and there definitely are a few in power or a lot in power that use their religion to try and regulate society. Mm-hmm. And yes, and but these are like, that goes back to, it goes both ways. You know, you can't, you cannot regulate society from the left or the right. You just, you can't because both of them are kind of wrong. I will say that at least the left just tries to be inclusive with anybody, everybody, but my only problem with it is, is if you're not inclusive, then you're exclusive. Like, if you don't do the right thing, you're, you're wrong. But if it's, you know, if it's personality or something like that, you can't really be wrong or right to me. Um, you can't be a jerk, though. You can't be a jerk. Um, <laughs> as 31 members found out in... Idaho recently, when you try to be an asshole, you get arrested sometimes. What are you talking about? You didn't see that with the um, the the group of way right wingers were going to like uh, go riot at. Oh, the is it parade. a Proud Boys thing? Uh, it's not the same group. Or just but like a far right. Far right. Um, Do, or, oh, was that the like domestic terrorism? Yeah. 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 I heard a little bit about that. That they were going to go like riot at a a pride event. Yeah, because that's why. Yeah, like, why? like those, they weren't doing. They're anything not doing. To you. Yeah, they're not bothering you in any way. They're shape, not. Or form. Yeah, they're not trying to take anything from you. Mm-mm. You're just being an asshole. Yeah, you're trying to inflict your values on someone else. Which, if somebody does that to you, you would be crying very loudly about it. Right. So don't do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I don't. I don't get it. Um, I think everyone has the right to live the way they want as long as it's, as it's not hurting anyone else. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, the people like that, just they go too far. They do go too far. Now, on the, on the flip side of it, I'll always kind of have a thing. All right, so I raised my daughter with a very open mind. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like, in... My household, we do not in any way, shape, or form pretend that gay people do not exist. We think they exist. We know they exist. We try to be inclusive with them. Um, because, you know, there are a lot of good people out there, and their sexual orientation means absolutely zero. Right. Um, but they have uh, – but I can understand that at a certain level in, like, a child's development, parents might be very – skeptical to wanting them to know about like sexual orientation and i would say that's elementary school ish it it should be the parents decision and the parents choice to do that not like again the schools or a teachers or anybody else's so whether you're gay or straight you shouldn't it shouldn't be a thing it should ne- there should never be a math problem that talks about sexual orientation to me mm-hmm. i knew you're going to bring that up because i have it pulled up right here mm-hmm. i'm going to read exactly what it says um, this was apparently in Europe because um, it's a Euro. Um, it says, Craig buys his boyfriend a birthday present that costs 215 euros and 65 cents, including VAT, which I assume is their version of tax, 
at 13.5%. What was the original bill before VAT was added? Okay. Now, so what do you think about that? Personally, I think that it is it is unnecessary because it falls outside of the realm of what the math question is. So, and it also depends on where the math questions, you know, if it's a third grader or a eighth grader. Um, but... Yeah, we're talking about percentages. I'm pretty sure this is an elementary school math. Right. Um, which, it becomes a little more blurry. I mean, once you get into high school, yes. I, I can understand trying to teach these things to allow people to be more open-minded in generations to come. I, I do understand and respect that. Um, my thing, though, is we should always... Our educational system should really focus on the one subject that it's supposed to be teaching someone and not try to like intermingle things like that because it gets very blurry, very messy and can come off message. Math should be about math. Okay. So let me ask you this. If it had said Craig buys his girlfriend a birthday present that costs blah, blah, blah. Would, what would you think of that? I probably wouldn't have as big a problem with it. And I know that is biased and I know how it sounds. Um, but, again, it depends on the age of the child. So if you have a, a question like that to a third grader, then they're now could very well say, well, why does Craig have a boyfriend? And it's the parent's job to, like, teach that. So you have to allow that parent to teach that child at some certain age. Um, personally, I mean, if you want to talk about sexual orientation, I think there is a class that's better suited for it, and it's health class. Okay. And I think that that's something that can be covered in health class and can be asked of the parents if they are willing to allow their child to, to take part in that side, that, that section or not. Um, and I think that's, that's an okay thing too. I think it's, it's not, yes, in some society one day we may be so open and so like it, everything is so integrated that we can go from like birth knowing this but I don't think we're there yet, and I think you still have to allow parents to be parents. Okay. Um, when, when was your first crush? I, I don't know. I would probably say somewhere in early elementary school. Okay. So when did you realize that you liked girls? I never didn't like not like girls. Okay. So you always knew that you liked girls. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that that experience is the same for a gay boy? No. Why not? I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding. Um, I think that um, parents should definitely be more, like, understanding. On I, I don't know how coming out is for people. I would think that most parents have an inclination if they're not totally blind. Okay. Um. So if you have an inclination, and some I've heard like some things say they knew when from the time the child was very young that they were going to be gay. Well, in that case, you know, you as a parent should be um, talking to that, that person about like what it's like, you know, trying to understand and navigate those those really rough times that they're going to have ahead. Um, uh, so, 
I mean, I don't know what you're getting at there. So okay. why don't you go a little bit further? Right. So um, I don't know if I've said it yet on the podcast, but I am bisexual. Um, and what I think, I, I think you just, you haven't had enough. I don't think you have any great gay friends. Um, I don't. No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Be, but not because... I don't, I I have any kind of prejudice toward gay people. I just don't like the circles that I run in do not have any gay people in them. And like once you become an adult, you don't really, you have coworkers and you have like five friends and that's really it. Right. So, um, so ask me when my first crush on a girl was. All right. When was your first crush on a girl? Elementary school. Okay. I had crushes on more girls than boys in elementary school. Okay. I've always known that I have liked boys and girls. So we have had the same experience, just not the same orientation. So, and I'm assuming that there's very similar stories to a lot, if not all, gay men. Mm Mm-hmm that they have known for a very long time since a very early age that they are gay and are attracted to men, other men. So this this math problem I think is only problematic to people who are homophobic. Okay. Um, What I'm getting at here is you said, and maybe someday we'll live in a society where we're open enough that we can just have these in our textbooks and it won't be a big deal. Mm -hmm. Introducing wording like this in textbooks is how we get there. I read, I, I thought... Like, since you discovered this off Facebook from a meme off of some random, very far-right person's Facebook, I thought that it might have been just, you know, a troll, a a not-real troll meme, um, because it was just very negative and um, used that, this picture that I'm looking at right now of this this math problem. Um, But I looked into it, and yeah, it's real. It, um, uh, It started on Reddit. It was just a post on Reddit that became viral. And the insider reported on it, and other um, news um, outlets uh, reported on it. And what gets me is that um, the reactions of the queer community is overwhelming gratefulness and they talk about how much this means to them Mm -hmm. to see wording like this. And this is how, because sexuality is a spectrum. Gay people have been around since the dawn of time. We know this. It's it's just a fact of society. It's a fact of humanity. Right. So wording, just having... Simple things like this, non-intrusive things like this, 
creates, opens a door to normalizing um, other, I don't want to call it other sexuality, but sexualities besides straight, besides heterosexuality, normalizing homosexuality. Okay, so what age is it appropriate to do that at? Well, I knew I liked girls in elementary school. All right, so you knew that, but do all children develop at the same rate? No, of course not, but... Okay, and kind of what I see it as, and like I said, I but just... Okay. If, if you're a boy in elementary school, and you know you like boys, which I'm sure there are a lot of stories like that, and you happen to see this, just this this one this one noun. This is just a difference of a noun mm-hmm. between boyfriend and girlfriend. If you see this wording in a textbook, then you then that's normalizing it, and then you feel okay about being you, or he can develop to feel okay about being him because it's normal to be gay. Yes, it is, and, and I'm not arguing with you on that. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not normal. I'm saying that what you're doing, okay, before the problem should be put in there, it should go to the school board, and they should, and the parents should have a decision on if this is what they want or they don't. If your community doesn't want it, then you don't have to have it. If another community does want it, then they can have it, and I think that's the best way to do this because we don't know what every community wants. And when you start to tell people you have to normalize this because we want you to normalize this, they're going to resist. And I understand that that is a bad thing that we would love to, for people to not resist and that uh, like you can be jerks and assholes and all that other stuff about this. But like the best thing I can say is that we have a system in place where you can go in and we can say these are the things that we are willing to allow our children to know and not know at this stage. And although I have no personal problem with this, because like I said, my daughter was, you know, we, I have never ever said that there was anything wrong with, with being gay because there isn't absolutely nothing. Um, I am 100% for like gay marriage. You, you should have all the rights of any other person. There should be absolutely nothing that, that separates your, you from any other person because your sexual orientation is your own business. But as far as what we teach our children, the parents should have a say in it is all I'm, I'm getting at. Okay. So I'm going to make an unfair comparison. Um, and I apologize to anyone who, who's listening. I'm not trying to offend anyone, but I'm just trying to make a comparison that I hope kind of makes sense. Um, so we live in the deep South. Mm -hmm. There are maybe, maybe not in our community, but I know, um, like Southern Alabama is still heavily segregated. Um, no, our community is, is, is heavily, heavily segregated. Right. Yeah. Um, like I'm not going to, Um, to deny that it's not it's not a legal separation it just happens to be a the lines 
of which we have fallen. Right. And what I was getting at, I wasn't talking about the segregation part. I, was, I meant to say that in certain circles down south, it's perfectly fine to say for white people to say the N-word. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not fine. Why isn't it fine? No, no, no. Like, you're saying it's fine. It's not fine. They just accept it. Like, yes, do they think it's fine? Yes. Is it fine, like, within the context of the norm? No. Okay. So. But are they stopping it? Did they, did, did, will anything stop that other than like eventual change in culture? Yeah, eventually time should, I mean, people, I, I, okay, I'm, I'm getting off track here, but I think people who still, white people who still use that word are going to die off and no way, and no white person is ever going to think that it's okay to ever say that that word again. Um, what I so my this this unfair example. Um, so, if it's okay in in these certain communities for white people to say the n word, what if they decide that they want to print their own textbooks and they want to print the N-word in their own textbooks. Okay, I, I, I see where you're coming from that you should have. So what you're saying is that they can vote to put stuff into their textbooks? Because I'm just saying we just, look, this is something we don't want covered at this time. You're saying this is something we decide we want to put into this textbook. And no, I don't think what it's something I'm you can put in. I don't think you can put in something that says Johnny was a church-going little boy who had like 10 rosaries. I think that's just as wrong because there is a separation of church and state. Okay. So it, it would be completely abhorrent for any community to print that in any textbook. Yes. Okay. And there would be, like, automatic outrage. Right? Um, nationally or within that community? Na both. Well, I mean, obviously within that community, there would be no outrage because they wanted it. The outrage would come, like, when they were told no. But. Which is wrong. Okay. Like, so, yeah, let's just say nat nationally there's going to be outrage. Yes, nationally there's going to be outrage because there are, and, and Unfortunately, this is like your. Yes, there should be outrage nationally, but that is a much different like scenario to me. Okay. What I but let me finish my thought. So there's public outrage that the N work has, has been printed in this textbook in deep South Alabama. Mm -hmm. And everyone in the North is upset but everyone in this community is not. Right. So should they be allowed to keep their textbooks the way they the way they want? Uh, yes. 
like as bad as it sounds, and I know why you trapped me into this, why you led me down this path to trap me into this so I would spin my, myself, even though I don't support it, I wouldn't support it. I do support the fact that local communities or, or school board districts should be able to have say into what goes into their, their system. Do I think that would ever happen? No. I think you made up a, a, a situation to try to trap me and to, for me to flip on it. But, again, it's one of those things. Do you hold your values higher? So the value that I hold higher is the value that, that communities have to be able to know what, what is um, best for their community. Elected officials, as far as like school board members and stuff like that, who go in and vote for this kind of stuff, would go in and, and say, "Hey, this is going to be wrong. This is going to be right." Mm. I, I I literally, if if your community wants to have that in there and it's it's okay with it, if it's okay with a, a boyfriend and a boyfriend, I, I'm okay with it. I'm not not okay with it. I'm just saying that the the it shouldn't be dictated by the government. The the or it should it should be dictated by the bureaucracy, but not the state government. Not like used as a political ploy to try to get votes, because the bureaucracy is the school board, and they're going to go through the textbooks and decide if they're appropriate or not appropriate. Okay, so yeah. So what you're saying is that this math problem is a political ploy? I think that the math problem has good intentions. Uh-huh. I, I think that trying to normalize it is a good thing. I myself would support it. I do not support it if the people in the community do not support it. Okay. So I support as a, a whole, as a unit, us coming together having debate, raising the level of debate in this country, and having intelligent debate about this. And I think in the end, intelligent debate would say, okay, for a second grader, probably not the best, but for a eighth grader, 100% fine. And I think that's where intelligent debate falls. Like, we need that. We need to drive intelligent debate in this, this country. Okay. So going back to my outrageous example of the inward, the inward being printed in textbooks, which it would never be printed in textbooks because racial intolerance is no longer tolerated. Mm -hmm. Racism is seen as something evil. For the most part, yes. And we need to actually do a better job of, of bringing that up. But right. that's for another discussion on another day. Okay. But would so you're saying that we need to make um, uh, homophobia? Hom yeah, homophobia the same. Uh, homophobia should be on the same level as racism, as far as 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 far as being intolerant of intolerance. Uh, I yeah, I agree with that. And I think a part, a small part of how we do that is having inclusive language in textbooks. 
I think we just we we I think we just fall differently on where that that language should occur. Okay, so you're just saying that there's an age issue. I think it's just an, an age issue. For to you. me, it's an age issue. Not that it shouldn't be in there. I think there's an age issue, and the only other part of like if you want to put it in there at a point in in like students' lives where it would be just brushed over and never thought about again, that's fine. But if if you have a math problem and you're taking away from that math problem to try to bring in like some kind of cultural lesson, it takes away from what that kid should be learning, which is the math problem. So, But literally the only difference is a noun. I understand. But if that noun trips some kid up and that kid stops and he's like, and it's a good thing to have those thoughts. It's not a good thing to have it if, we, if we're trying to catch up in math worldwide. I want you to be as solid in math as possible. Like I said, these conversations can be had in a hundred different places. But word problems are already hard enough for a bunch of kids. Now you're going to put something new in there and something that's going to throw them off a little bit more. It just, to me, that this is... It's, it's something that, and I, honestly, I think every generation is getting better at, like, being less homophobic. I agree. L- like, my generation is like, hey, you know, gay people can get married. Hell, yeah, go ahead, do it. Okay, so going back to what you said about kids being distracted. Mm-hmm. So you think that kids these days would be distracted by the phrase Craig buys his boyfriend a birthday present. I don't think all kids. I think it could. And I think that if parents are, if it is at a young enough age and introduced, is this the first place you want to introduce your child to people having different sexual orientations? Why not? Why is it the school's deal and not like my deal at home? What's the difference? You send them there to learn. I send them there to learn math. I didn't send them there to learn about different sexual orientations. Not in second grade. Maybe it wasn't, I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want that that conversation to happen until that child was older. Be it whatever reason, you know. Maybe I think they, my child needed a longer to develop or whatever. So I think that what you're saying is that the state has a right to induce this conversation because it's culturally the right thing to do. But on what I'm coming at is that the unit of family also has a place to say when this conversation should happen or not happen. Okay. I'm not saying that that it's the state state's responsibility to start this conversation. But I'm when, not saying it's... When they put that in there, is it not taking on the responsibility that this conversation is going to happen? It's just words. So this conversation could possibly not happen? Yeah, it could possibly not happen. Okay, but it could and possibly... this kid ha- reading this problem, if it's just a kid reading this problem, they're probably going to brush through over that. Maybe or maybe not. And then, yeah, then they ask their parent... And if their parent So is the state just pushed a conversation. 
Is, that's all I'm getting at. Like, we, I know we're going to line up on the different sides on this, so we might just want to move on. <laughs> yeah, we might just want to move on because... Because I think we're just going down a rabbit hole where we're just trying to one-up each other. And okay. Y'all so, let us know. I mean, like, what side do y'all fall on? Do you fall on, like, Rosie's side? Do you fall on my side? Like, just be nice. <laughs> so, yeah, my side is I think that this is perfectly acceptable. I think the way we get to inclusion and true equality for queer people is having inclusive language everywhere. All right, so this brings us into when inclusion in, in general. All right, so do you feel that, where do you feel that like um, queer is it okay if I say queer? Because I like that. <laughs> that to me, like, seems like a word that you don't use. I would use gay. Yeah, coming out of your mouth, you can. Yeah, so you can say gay. Okay, so gay. <laughs> so when I know gay- you're not going to say LGBTQ plus, so you can go ahead and say yeah. gay. All right. So uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got permission from a bisexual, so that's like seventy five percent good. <laughs> um, no, but like in the sense of when. In most situations, and I'm not going to say all because we like we just saw where a group was going to try to riot at a parade, um, but that's not the rule. I believe that's the exception. Um, do you believe that like there is a lot of places now where gay people are excluded? Um. Yes. Okay. Where? Like, okay, def- define exclusion. Well, I mean, like, not being included. <laughs> not being included. So, like, being barred from being present or just being, just... I don't know, being, being walled off, being not in, not... Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yes, I have an example, yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um... I think most Christian churches in the South do not want to include or have their own beliefs that excludes mm-hmm. gay people from being part of their congregation. Okay, yes, yes. I, I'm going to go with you on that. Yes, they, that is definitely a, a, an area that is very much um, in need of adjustment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, first off, if you're Christian... Um, God, uh, Jesus loved everyone. I, I, right. I, like, I, yeah, y'all can at me on that one, but, like, <laughs> I don't know how your argument, like, can go past the fact that he, no matter what the, even if you consider homosexuality a sin, which it isn't, right? Jesus forgave us for all our sins, and if you keep sinning, and if you're a Christian, I know y'all keep sinning just like the rest of us. <laughs> That little cigarette that y'all consider a sin, which really isn't a sin or whatever y'all want to do, you're still doing it. Um, but yeah, so no, that's that's that is one area I will. I, I'm yeah, I concede that point to you. In okay. in the South, yes, um, there is, and the Catholic Church, I believe, is pretty bad about it too. Yes, um, internationally, I don't know about internationally. I think all across the U.S., they would be um, fairly bad about it. Um, but I wonder, I just wonder if, like, what is it like for, like, um, people who are gay to be, like, 
deeply Christian and go to a church, like especially elsewhere in the U.S.? Is it, are you accepted just like a, a normal parishioner? Um, do you hide it or do you just, you know, let me know. I don't know. I really don't know. I actually have an example. Okay. Um, not me because my church was very, very clear about how they felt about gay people, um, which was not good. Um, but, um, one of my exes, he had, uh, uncles that were, that were a couple and they went to church and they were very active in their congregation. Mm -hmm. And they were the kind of gay couple that didn't really talk about the fact that they were gay. Yeah. It was just who they were. Like, because they're, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. No. Yeah. Right. It was completely normal in our circle Mm -hmm. just for them to be together. Um, and I never went to their church, but a big portion of their congregation came over to their house for a pool party and we were there. I was there. Um, and there wasn't any, there wasn't any malice. There wasn't any sort of indifference or any sort of intolerance that was felt or heard or anything. So it is completely possible to be a, a Christian and, and be gay. gay. Yes. And absolutely. be in a congregation. It's literally the rest of the congregation who has to get over it and accept it. Absolutely. Um, and if they don't, go to another church. I, I think mean. following following the real teachings of Jesus includes having gay people in your congregation and not trying to convert them. Yeah. Like you can't pray to, away the gay. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, gay conversion therapy is awful. And it doesn't work because it's not real. <laughs> but beyond that, I'm gonna I'm going to kind of like go into. Uh, there is a thought that in some industry, um, like construction, oil field, these kind of manly, um, uh, manly, I'm stereotypically almost, masculine, yeah, um, that gay people don't exist or, or don't. Are, are excluded or pushed out or something like that. Um, I don't know the percentage of people who would be gay who work in this, um, but I will say that almost any time I've, like, and I will say every time that I've come across somebody who has been gay in, like, a field like that, they were never excluded. Um, now, they were picked on just as much as any other person there because that's just what we do. We just mess with everybody. Um, and they were probably messed with about being gay, and I hope it didn't offend them. They never, like, outwardly acted that way. You know, like, oh, um, you're hurting my feelings. They, you know, rolled with the punches just like the rest of us. Like, I get picked on about being short all the time. <laughs> um, it's not the same thing, I understand. I'm not trying to, like, put your plight on my, you know, <laughs> it's kind of way two different levels. But um, I think that when you get, like, guys, like, together, they, they kind of overlook that, like, sexual orientation thing, especially at work and stuff like that, because we really just don't care. Like, we're here to do a job, um, and that's... Yeah, if you got a big, strong gay bear there, you're going to be like, hey, get over here and pick, lift, this, yeah. pick this heavy thing up, whatever yeah. you guys do. Like, if we're throwing, you know, 90-pound bags of, of, of product or something like that, and the guy's gay, but he can throw product all day, then, hey, man, I don't care that you're gay. <laughs> Uh, but I think you see that, and I think you you see it some in, I'm 
probably um, a lot of different areas more than like people like give people credit for in that. You know, um, a lot of times guys are thought to be bros who are very intolerant and stuff like that. And I think that we get like indifference and intolerance kind of mixed up sometimes. Okay. Because you can be, because I'm fairly indifferent. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go, I, I didn't go with you to the drag show, not because I didn't, I wouldn't have. You were working. I was working. If I had asked you to, would you have gone? Probably. Um, if, like, I didn't have anything else going on. It wouldn't have been, like, the first thing I wanted to go do, but that's just me, you know. Um it doesn't make me intolerant. It just makes me kind of indifferent. It's not something that I'm really excited to go do. But hey, if you'd have been like, hey, dude, I want to go do this. I'd be like, hey, man, I got nothing else going on. I'm not going to sit here and play Xbox. Let's go do this. Okay. Um, so I, I, and I think that's kind of a lot of times where where people of my generation and, and, and my social economic class fall. We just don't care. And not caring kind of comes off as being intolerant. It's not intolerance. It just doesn't matter to us. I don't see apathy as intolerance. But I do see apathy as... Apathy towards... The gay community or... Apathy towards homophobia is not helpful. I would say... Well, yeah, I mean, like, if I see someone literally being bullied, bullied, yeah, we'll go with bullied, Um, or uh, a person being belligerent. Belligerent, that's I could not get that word out. (laughs) Uh, To someone for no reason, yes, I would would stand up for it, even if if the person's gay or, or straight or whatever, you know, that's just being a good human being. But um, I, I, I guess that's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel that there's going to be a lot of people who are suddenly so apathetic that, like, if they see a guy getting hit on, uh, beat up because he's gay, it, they're just going to sit there and watch. Um, I, you might be too young to remember um, the, uh, uh, the thing that happened in uh, Wyoming. Nothing's ringing a bell, so maybe. Okay, so this was in the '90s where they had a um, an openly gay guy like beaten to death, and I want to mm-hmm. say it was horrendous. Like the guy was like hung from a fence and stuff like that. Jesus, just obviously it was it was it was brutal and bad, and I think as horrible as that is, like for a lot of people in my generation, that's kind of the the point where you say, no, you can't do that. Like, there was nothing that this guy did other than being gay. And um, I'm sure somebody can tell me, remind me what the um, the the city was in in Wyoming. Uh, let me see if my internet connection is any good. But, yeah, I think for people of, like, Generation X, this was the, the kind of... Laramie? Laramie, that was it. I wanted to say La- Lawrence, but I knew that was in Kansas, not in... His name was Matthew Shepard. Mm-hmm. And let's see... Left to die near Laramie on the night of October 6, 1988. So, Ni- yeah, excuse exactly. me, 1998. Okay, so. He was a student of the University of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Beaten, tortured. 
Let's see. How old was he? Um, he was born in 76, died in 98. So, I, I mean, like, I can tell you how old I am now. <laughs> how old were you? Okay, so you were All right, so you were 97, I was is, 18 years old, so I'd have been 19. <laughs> so, that would have been three more years. So, that would, he'd been 21, 22. 98 minus 76 is 22. Good job. <laughs> what about it a long way? <laughs> maybe a, if it's I had embarrassing <laughs> we went that long trying to figure out how old this kid was. <laughs> maybe if I had been distracted by pronouns in my math problems, I'd have been quicker at oh, that. Shut <laughs> up. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Matthew Shepard. So that was kind of like I think um for a lot of people, they're like point where you said, okay, you know. No, gay rights has to be a thing. And I think that went a long way to it. Um, not long after that, we also had, like, gay marriage was didn't start to become any uh, legal. Um, yeah, I think for Vermont was the first state to legalize it. April of 2000, um, Vermont became the first state in the country to give same-sex couples the right to enter into civil unions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not too far after that, mm-hmm. after that murder. So, uh, no, I think that, that it, it, we really do have, we do have a long way to go with, you know, gay rights and stuff like that. And we don't, we do need to normalize like being gay as much as, um, but I feel like there are a lot of people out there who just feel like, because I'm not, you know, externally a a bigot who hates gay people, that means I've normalized it. Does that make sense? Like would No, you, I'm sorry. Would you say that I'm a would you say I'm an ally? <sighs> That's tough, baby. I feel like an ally the way I define an ally is someone who is actively engaged in however however they want to however engaged they are however whatever that means to them whether it's following you know gay rights campaigns and news and whatnot or or actively or actually being involved in it like Mm -hmm. you're taking some sort of action right i don't see you as taking any sort of action no I, i i don't but is now you're in a relationship with me, but is, a bisexual woman. Is that so, an okay thing to be too, though? Um, because I mean, we all have. Like, I mean, you can't call lives. yourself an ally. I don't call myself an ally. I okay. asked if you thought I was an ally. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't really do. Like, I'm never going to. I'm never going to to bash you or anything like that. I'm not. I'm like I said. I do not care. And I think that is what. So that'll. Does that in itself make me an ally? Like not caring. Not caring. Like not being not being not caring negative. that you're gay right. and be- if someone is messing with you for being gay, you're going to defend that person. Yeah. Defend the person that's being bullied. Right. Yeah. Um I guess we want to loosely define what an ally is. Yeah, you can be an ally. <laughs> Um, but no, and that, it's hard because I don't want people to, I don't want 
our listeners thinking that you're like that you're anything but I think I a good fall, guy. I think I fall in line with a lot of what people are, which is they're busy people who have their own lives and like a lot of this stuff, if it doesn't touch them directly, they're just not going to put a lot of effort into it. I understand that. And gay rights is one of those things that like it does not touch us. It touches us directly because you are bisexual. But beyond that, you're not persecuted in any way, shape, or form that I know of. I'm mostly closeted down here. So, <laughs> but. Well, but you're also closeted by the fact that we're in a committed, you know, monogamous relationship to some extent. Like, we're not swingers. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, just because I'm in a, a heterosexual, heteronormative looking relationship doesn't mean that I'm any less bisexual. But, um, but I mean, what do you, what would you do about it? Like, what do you mean? Like if you weren't closeted, which I don't know why you would say you're closeted, but, um, what would you do about it? About what? About being (laughs) bisexual. Like how would you uncloset yourself? I know. Right. Um, I would have marched in the parade. I, to be honest, I didn't go to the parade because I was scared. Of what? Of something bad happening. Okay. Like there being a riot there or like you not like being outed and losing like a position at your, your work. No, 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 no. I definitely don't think my work is at all in danger. Oh, why am I crying? excuse me guys um i think a big reason why i didn't go um was because of the shooting that happened like two weeks before that remember no okay we like in town yeah in town we have shootings all the time yeah we have shootings downtown yeah all the time so um yeah so yeah i was afraid that Something like that would happen. What was the shooting? Like, was it a shooting of, like, a group? No, I think it was just... Like, I think most I don't of think our... It was, I don't think it was... It, it might have been gang violence, but I don't know. Okay, so that's not going to affect a parade, like a gay parade. But, uh, I mean, hate crimes still happen down here all the time. I... Okay. Um, yes. I don't... Okay. All right. Well, if you want to go next year, I'll go with you. Okay. Cool. Like I'll walk. Let's do it. I'll walk in the parade with you. Okay. It's not. <laughs> what? It's not what. It's not that big of a deal. No, it's it's not. It shouldn't have been, but. And I probably would have gone, if uh, if you hadn't been working that day and you could have come with me. Uh, yeah. All right. So, um, where are we at on time? Pretty good. Um. Let's see. 46 minutes left. 46 minutes left? I started the timer a little late. I'm sorry. Because it feels like we've been talking for like 30. We've, yeah, we've probably been talking for half an hour. So maybe this this podcast will go just a little long. Okay. It'll only be like an hour and a half. All right. You, well, we've been pretty heavy for a while. So you want to kind of lighten it up a little bit? Yeah, we can talk about. You want to talk about gay chicken? No. <laughs> uh, I think 
I think that's part of toxic masculinity is gay chicken. Um, or maybe it's just a straight guy thing that you guys do because you're weird and you all, all you guys want to do is just be touched, but you never admit that you want to be touched. So <laughs> You're not saying anything. Because so. you said you didn't want to talk about gay chicken. <laughs> I think gay chicken's hilarious. <laughs> And all guys do it. All guys, when we are alone, when we are a group of other guys, we will play gay chicken. Why is that? I have no idea. It just happens. Now I want to talk about it because I'm curious. Why does this happen in heterosexual male groups? I think it's just uh, because... First of all, define, define gay chicken. Gay chicken is when two straight men act gay <laughs> and the first one who flinches loses. So when you say act gay, what do you mean? Well, you might just like lock eyes and start to move in for a kiss. <laughs> okay. That can be a form of gay chicken. You know. And the first one to turn away loses? Loses. Um, there was, we were watching the bananas and they were playing gay chicken. The guy would walk up and like interlock his fingers with a teammate's hand. That's very, very vanilla gay chicken. <laughs> um. What happens if you guys kiss during gay chicken? Someone always turns. What happens if you did kiss, though? Well, then you would have to continue gay chicken until someone flinched. And what ends up happening is, like, ten years later, after you've adopted a child together, you'll be like, this son of a bitch needs to flinch at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you stole that from somebody. That's somebody's bit. Whose bit is that? I don't know. I, I, think I, saw, it, I saw it on a meme. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, um... <laughs> Yes, for some reason, when like, whenever men are working together and there are not women around, we do act extremely, not extremely gay, but we do act gay. We will, we, we, so that's why I don't think that people are homophobic because we literally act gay. You don't think people are homophobic? Men, men, men. As, men as many men as people think are homophobic or homophobic because like, like, you see this all the time. Rig crews, construction crews, stuff like that. You will, you, yeah. You'll see guys who, like, literally act gay all the time. Um, also, for my generation, we, um, there's a lot of, like, banter about being gay. You know, when you, when you, I know you hate toxic masculinity. We have two different views on that, which one day we may get into. Yeah, we'll have a whole. Let's have a whole episode on toxic masculinity and feminism. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a that'll be a great one. That'll be an interesting I will discussion. Be so mad at you by the end of that. Probably so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, the kid I work with, who's a lot younger than me, uh, he's a little bit younger than you, and um, there are times I just want to be like, dude, quit being a pussy. <laughs> Uh, and see, that's, I laugh at that. I think that's, I find that's funny. And why do I think that's funny? I don't know. Um, I'm not offended by people calling people pussy, pussies and meaning that they're wimps. Cause I think like that, that term has evolved past the, the slang term for female genitalia and it's now something completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'm not without my sense of humor. I think that, yeah, I think that men, when we're together, will act gay. 
and it will be, and the tougher you are, the more gay you will act. Like, there has been, like, um, like, w- when you say something, and you look at the guy, and, and you just kind of blow him a kiss. How often do you guys do this? It happens a lot more than you think. Okay. So, I think, I think this is how bro, bros and the camaraderie of bros happens. But you have to be very careful on this. This is, what do you mean? So you have to make sure that you're bros. Because we had one guy that I worked with Uh-oh. who was not a bro. Uh-huh. He was just a weird dude. Someone do a kissy face at him and he flipped out? No, he was way too touchy with dudes. Oh, that guy. That guy. He oh. would like rub my arms and stuff. And I was like, you need to stop, dude. You're not, like, we're not on this level. So you got to know <laughs> if you're on that level or not. Like, if you're not on that level, don't do that. It sounds to me like this guy was just very lonely and was begging for some for some skin touch. Like, he just needed to be uh, hugged real bad. Go, there, there are people you can pay. <laughs> <laughs> you do not need to touch me on my arms. <laughs> no, sir. You, we are not on that level. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we actually duct taped him to something a couple of times. You duct taped him to something? Yeah, like a pole. How did you get him to stay there while you duct taped him to a pole? Held him. How many men were involved with this? Three. <laughs> Two to hold and one to tape. What is wrong? <laughs> okay. See, this is, this is why men are fundamentally different from women. Why I wouldn't duct tape a woman to something? No, that's just that's ridiculous. I think he ate too many crayons. You think he's dumb? No, 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 no. He no, he's probably not dumb. No, um, and there will be people who get that reference. That was actually he was a marine, and they're called crayon eaters. Oh, you explained. You told me why one time. I, yeah, I forget. So. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, gay chicken. It's a thing. Okay. That's that's gay chicken. That's gay chicken. Thanks for explaining it. <laughs> um, all right. Let me see. I took some notes. And most of it is pretty serious. But since it's Pride Month, um, I want to go over, like, a couple, like, a few, like, historic moments in the fight for LGBTQ rights. And I'm just going to go down the list and see. I, I know that sometimes, historically, we've only had three episodes, but historically, this hasn't gone well. No, um, we are not, you're not very good at this, like, looking up stuff and us having a good discussion about it. Like, really getting into some, some something meaty. Okay. So find me something meaty I can, like, react to. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, so this, you may, when I read the description, you may be interested in it. Um, so in 1924, the first gay rights group is established. Uh, World War I veteran Henry Gerber founded the Society for Human Rights in Chicago. Um, the group was the first gay rights group in America, and its newsletters, its newsletter Friendship and Freedom was the United States' first recorded gay rights publication. Okay. So I think that's cool. It was a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. So 1924 was the first gay rights. First gay rights group. Okay. 
In January of 1958, the Supreme Court rules in favor of gay rights. After the U.S. Post Office refused to deliver America's first widely distributed pro-gay publication, which was called, excuse me, which was called, one, the Homosexual Magazine, the case went to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the court ruled in favor of gay rights for the first time, making it a major landmark case in LGBTQ history. Okay. Um, I wonder what the split was on that. Yeah. Let's... Let's see. What was it? Did it say what the what the case was? Who versus who? No. Okay. Well, I imagine it's the fifties, so probably by not a very large margin. You think it was five four, something like that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would think depends on who was in the Supreme Court at the time. I don't know. I'm not very good at like Supreme when Supreme Court justices when it was more liberal or more conservative. Fifties um, is a pretty uh, well, I mean, in some extent, I would say even the 50s was a more of a moderate time. Like, we kind of think of, like, previous times as being very conservative, um, except for, like, progressive eras where they'd be very liberal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like until recently, and growing even more and more now, it, we were more moderate than than conservative like yes we were a conservative society but it was a moderate conservative society it wasn't as we didn't have the swings that we have now from wanting to go from ultra liberalism to ultra conservatism in by our scale like because our but you're going by 1950s standards which was pretty conservative mm. and very sexist yes to some extent, uh, yes, yes, it was. But mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, if you look at like during that period, like the two, the left and the right, the, the how how polarized we were as a nation was a lot different. Okay, so like it wasn't fifty fifty, or no, we were probably still fifty fifty because I don't think we'll ever get away from being but, about oh, 50-50. so it you, just, wait, you mean like there there wasn't it wasn't as far left and as far right as it, right. As it is now. So like everyone was pretty moderate politically, right? So I would think that, and, and for that day's standards of what moderate was, right? Okay, so I would say that like even in the Supreme Court, it would be possibly a large, bigger than you would think. Because they would look at it as a constitutional thing. I think our courts now look at things as political, like left and right. Oh, yeah. Not so much as what they should be doing, which is saying, is this constitutional? Which is unbiased, yeah. Right. Unbiased justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we don't, we don't have, have anymore. anymore. Yeah. Um, all right. So April 21st, 1966, the, I don't know how to pronounce this, so I'm sorry, uh, Matashine, M-A-T-T-A-C-H-I-N-E, Matashine Society organizes a gay rights sip-in. Uh, during a time when most bars refused to serve gay people, the, I'm just going to call it the society, because I can't pronounce that, the society, one of the country's first gay rights organizations staged a sip-in, during which activists entered a New York City bar, announced they were gay, ordered drinks, and waited to be served. Mm-hmm. Um which I wish there was more information about that, but not in this article. Um, June 28, 1969, the Stonewall Riots sparked the beginning of the LGBT movement. Okay, what are the Stonewall Riots? 
In the early morning hours on June 28, 1969, police performed a raid of the Stonewall Inn, a New York City gay bar, and the customers and their supporters took a stand. The event turned into a violent protest and led to a days-long series of riots. Those Stonewall riots are largely considered the start of the LGBTQ civil rights movement in the United States. Where was it at? Um, New York. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I, I totally support what they did. Like, I, it's called a riot, but I don't think we should call it a riot because it seems like over-polication led to um, violence. And that, I don't think, it's what you can consider right. to be they, a, they a raided, riot. Yeah, the police raided a gay bar. Right. Probably for, just because it was a gay bar. It, it was a gay bar. So um, that is an example of over-polication, and I don't know if that's a word, but I'm using it. Over-policization? Yeah. Um, and so... Um, I think that, that that kind of leads to a misnomer. Over-policing. Over-policing. Yeah, just over-policing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it leads to a, a, a poor context in calling that a riot. Mm. Okay. You know, because if, if, if the police come in and start, you know, bullying you around for you being in a private establishment and for uh, – and, and at this time – probably for a lot of areas, and the reason they did it was because probably at that time laws hadn't changed, so it was still illegal to be gay, mm. um, it, which is why they decided to do it. But um, it, That's what I'm not sure about. Was it actually illegal to be gay? I know in the South there's a lot of laws about, like... Um, I'm sure there's still sodomy laws I think there's still here. sodomy laws here. It's so weird. Um, but I think that is just a... a anti-gay law to me oh yeah like i agree one day we'll have to like look at laws because i i think that we have too many laws and we don't undo laws right like we we keep laws on the books way too long oh yeah are, i can are, right now i could google like the strangest laws in the south and we'll get some really weird stuff yeah that are that's completely unnecessary that's completely so instead of getting rid of them we just kind of like forget they exist but they still exist mm-hmm. um okay so uh, that's interesting. That was 69? Yep. Okay. June 28th, 69. 1973, homosexuality is no longer declared a mental illness. Good, yeah. Yeah, now the fact that 1973 wasn't that long ago. The fact that it was... It's a lot longer than what you think. I know, but people are still alive from the 70s. Like, and, well, and I have old-ass parents. Well, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Like, I was born in the 70s. You were but, born in 79. It yeah. barely counts, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm still a Carter baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just really, that's really surprising to me that it was, it was, it took until 1973 Well, it, that. does it say when it like came out as being a mental illness? When did they diagnose it as being a mental illness? In the 20s maybe? Um, was it Freud? He was a weird dude. Let's see. When... Was oh gosh, um, we can just speculate. Um, I'm just gonna Google when was the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders created, and that'll probably answer a question. Created when? 1951 and published in 1952. All right, so, so probably just officially declared a mental illness for 20 years. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, after years of studies, analysis, and changing cultural attitudes, the American Psychiatric Association's board of directors removed homosexuality from the official list of mental illnesses, mm-hmm. um, known as the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, a move that was upheld with a vote by the association's membership. So, very, yeah, I'll never get over that. That was, but it, I mean, I guess it was only, yeah, it was only in there for 20 years because mm-hmm. it was only a 20 year old book at that time. Um, 1987, Barney Frank becomes second openly gay gay member of Congress. After spending six years on Capitol Hill, Representative Barney Frank, a Democrat from Massachusetts, voluntarily came out as gay, making him the second openly gay member of Congress and the first to come out voluntarily in the country's history. This is something that I think we do need to have a much better acceptance of, is people in politics, in public life, I'm going to say politics more than anything else, uh, especially from the right, right, that we need to accept people as being gay if they're gay, right. Um, we can't like have we have enough bad politicians. Yes, we and if you're a good politician and you're a, a good public service and you're you're gay, I am totally on board with you. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you're you do your job and you are a good person and and you know are a good politician. <laughs> that might be an oxmoron, but uh, there is a, we shouldn't like, you shouldn't be penalized. And I think that still happens. And that is an area that we need to look at. Mm-hmm. People, I think um, men, I would say more than women, but that is total speculation. Um, as far as bias or? Yeah, like get okay. penalized in the public arena in national politics. Mm. Um, they have to be closeted. Okay. I could, I could see that. I mean, I found out recently that um, the president of our city council is an openly gay woman, um, which is really cool. Um, but probably a big reason why she, if she does run for mayor, she won't win. Other than the fact that she is also a woman, which is, so she's got a, a twofer, two big political, quote, negatives. I think it just depends on who runs against her. That's um, true. I, I we got a reverend and other people. Yeah, um, it just, it depends. Um, she can get out there and pound the pavement. Um, mm. I, I've actually encouraged you to, to like, help her on her campaign, um, to get active in that. You've, what? I encouraged you with that one day, and you're like, I just don't have time. I'm not going to, I like her a lot, but I don't want to actually do anything. I just want her to win. I mean, I guess I could contact her. I really, yeah, I could contact her and I could volunteer. Yeah. I, yeah, I could totally Like, you could make a difference in, in local politics. I, yeah, and I really should. Like that, we're that going to be here for a while. That is the one area that you can actually, like, make a difference. Right. And if we all started at local and just let it build from there, we might actually make some legitimate changes to this country. For all the people who are like, we need to like bring the Bible back into no, that's not like if you think that's what's going to fix this country, you, your your head's in the sand. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to first off quit voting for two political parties who are no different, right? Like one's just as bad as the other one. They do the same dang thing all the time. Um, but that's my little soapbox. Um, Back to the gay rights, I think that, like, we should really, really look at, like, 
are politicians not not their sexual orientation should mean nothing like at this point i think we've all established like either it's it means nothing like it doesn't like if you're good you're good we need more diversity in politics which is really what it comes down to we need um more people of color we need disabled people we need all sorts of people in office we need so good people in office. We need good people. Like not, yes. Let's not just get diversity for diversity. Let's right. get people who are diverse but are legitimately, like, the best, like, in their fields or in their study or, or you know, whatever. Um, let's not just try to get diversity for diversity's sake. That's not – that doesn't help anything. I agree. Um, I just – I think there's there there. Um, minorities and certain groups should should have a say in government, however, whatever form that takes. Mm-hmm. It's just there. There's not enough representation. Uh, no, I agree with what you're saying. I, I think that, um, uh, but I think that that you know. Those right, we're groups. not elect. We're not electing our best and brightest right. to office. No, we're electing people who are, are. We're electing actors and entertainers and career politicians and, who don't yeah. who have given up on caring. Yeah, who, who, are, are, more, who are good at making speeches, and that's it. You're, and we have been so misled that it's honestly we would rather vote for a color like red or blue than the actual person. And that, to me, is the, the, the thing that hurts us the most. Mm. Because you can't, you, you're not going to get, you're not going to get more moderate by doing that. We're going to just continue to get more polarized. Mm. Uh, but it, you also don't get your best candidates. You get your candidates who want to push the, the button that's going to make you vote You for have them. to decide which one is the lesser of two evils. And I'm so tired of doing that. Yeah, which was... The most frustrating thing the last election. Yeah. Like, I am so tired. Because I, I didn't want to vote. I, I wanted to vote for someone else. I wanted to vote for Bernie. I wanted to vote for Elizabeth Warren. I wanted to vote for somebody else, not... The two a, candidates we had. Not Grandpa Biden, who is who is just going to keep the status quo. And, I mean, a return to normalcy after Trump's derailment of reality was nice to have for a second. It, it, I will say that Trump had some. I'm not as big a, a anti-Trump as you are. Um, I like to judge everybody based on like legitimately what they did right on wrong. the content of his character. No, no, no. His character is horrible. Um, but I think he had a decent foreign policy. But I think his his good foreign policy was not like purposeful i think it was just he has no idea what like to do in foreign politics so he was like okay we're not going to do anything like that's kind of the personality i get is like if i don't know what i'm going to do i'm not going to do anything and i'm going to retreat back but that was kind of a good thing for our foreign policy because our foreign policy is really bad our foreign policy is we're going to go put our nose in everyone's business Mm -hmm. and it does not make us any safer Okay. We're like, we've got to make democracies across the world so we'll be safer. But we haven't done it, and we're less safe today and more in debt because of it. Speaking of Trump and, you know, LGBTQ rights, uh, during his time in office, he was rolling back protections. He, he did, and that's wrong. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, I think he rolled some back on like housing and things like that. And that, that, mm -hmm. that is a lot of um, the stuff that like, I will like knock Trump on. Like he banned, uh, he, he did this was luckily Biden luckily reversed this last year, but Trump banned openly trans people in the military and also reversed housing protections for them, which luckily have now both, been reversed. Yeah. So both things are, are wrong. Um, first off, if you want to serve our military, you are more than welcome to. Like, I, I didn't serve, but I know a lot of people who did. And if that is the desire that you have, no matter what your orientation is, you should be able to do it. Um, as far as being openly trans, I, yeah, that can be kind of problematic. Um, but I think that it's probably a very, very small percentage. Like, it's not something that's... Right. That it's, it's not something to pass a law about. Yeah, it's like um, the, the sports, the athletes right now. It's not something to pass a law it's, about. It's small, right? The, the, the Leave amount, it alone. The amount of people, the amount of, like, trans athletes is so minute mm -hmm. that right. we shouldn't be, like, jumping up and down over this stuff. Yeah, no one should be having a hissy fit, but everybody's having a hissy we fit. We have to pass a law in, like, for four athletes in an entire state. Right. Like, we couldn't, like, sit down and figure out some other way to do this? No, we've got – this is, again, politicians using something. To, they're pushing your buttons to make you feel that you have to feel a certain way about something that if it wasn't brought to your attention and you weren't told to feel this way. Yeah, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't care. <laughs> like, like, if you if you feel so strongly about this now and you felt zero about it a year ago, then you don't feel anything about it now. They just push your buttons. And so four, like, trans kids so, can't play in a... Yeah, so people that... It's people like that who call other people sheep that make me want to laugh. Because mm -hmm. you're... You you were... You are you were and are... Pro and some people are still Trump's sheep. It's ridiculous. Well, we're all sheepish in some way. Like, like we live in an extremely red state. So if you are trying to be the reddest of the red, you are a sheep. But, <laughs> right. But you're, you're, you're the sheepiest of the sheep, but uh -huh. you want to say you're the wolfiest of the wolves. <laughs> and then you call moderates and, you know, Democrats, progressives, liberals, whatever the hell you want to call the other side, call them sheep. Mm -hmm. When we're not part of your flock. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, and... So, um, yeah, there, there is, um, I don't know, we're probably bumping up against time about now. Um, do you want to kind of talk about the, the, uh, the trans um, sports thing? Um, sure, we can. So, uh, I but, have, Yeah, what do you... Okay, so I'm, I will say that my stance has kind of softened, changed a little bit on it. Okay. So, so at first, I would say this. And I guess softened and changed are maybe two different things. If you are on a very competitive level, like I can understand not wanting to compete as a female against a trans woman woman um, who has already go undergone puberty. Right. Because they have, to me, an unfair athletic advantage. Um, and that is very controversial. Like I know some people will say, no, they don't. Right. And I'm... I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, if you're a trans person, if you're, yes, if you're a trans woman who 
had sex reassignment surgery and hormone replacement therapy after puberty as an adult, yes, you have an unfair advantage against cisgender women. Um, and that's just biology. Mm-hmm. And, and that, yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, like you can't, you want to be inclusive, but you also, by being inclusive to a very small group of people, you can almost be exclusive to a much larger group of people. Yeah, and I want to be clear that, like, I'm <laughs> I'm not trying to offend anyone. No, this isn't, like, trying to – this is literally just a kind of an open dialogue where we're talking about something that's, you know, yeah. pretty much in the news. Um, I – Or it was in the news. This is old news at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's kind of fallen out. Like, yeah. I, it's kind of quieted down. Mm-hmm. Um, There's new things to be outraged about. Right. <laughs> so I would say that in – my opinion, what I would have thought at the time was we should just make a category, like a group that's an open field. For that anybody. is gender neutral. Okay. Gender neutral, open field. Right. Third party. Third party. Like, it doesn't matter if you're male, you're female, whatever you are, whatever you identify as. Um, and that's where if you're trans, you go into that. And also, if you're not trans, but you identify as... Well, if you haven't done the, the reassignment surgery, but you do, like, identify, um, you would be in that group. But then it kind of falls into there wouldn't be enough athletes. Like, in a state that has four trans athletes, right? you're not going to have enough people. Right. So, Which, yeah, that that is the issue, is like it's, where... It's such a small group. Right. Um, and all these people want to do is compete. I And I understand that they want to compete. My only problem is with it is if you have an unfair advantage. Right. You're taking a spot from someone who wants to compete too, but they never get to hit the podium because you're, you know, you have an advantage. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to go with it. Like, I really don't like, I don't have a solution. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like my first solution <laughs> was like, let's have a third category. But now looking at it, I'm like, there's just not enough athletes. Right. There's not enough. To, maybe one day there'll be that, but not today, not tomorrow. Um, do we have an asterisk? Like if you win as a, a, a trans woman, do you get an asterisk by your, your win? That doesn't, seems a little bit, you know, petty. Um, do we, do we, I mean, do we make a note? Like, do we give a, a, a fourth place person the third place and you get first, but with an asterisk? So there's two first place? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not the perfect solution. Like, I don't know if there's a perfect solution in this equation. No, but I like don't. until science progresses enough to where we can actually reverse the effects of puberty and make some and make and actually and like biologically reverse or um re what's the uh how do i word this describe this um biologically turn not reverse someone's gender but you know what i mean like biologically turn a man into a woman Mm -hmm. like completely to where, yeah, like where the the 
like completely. Yeah, you guys know what I mean. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, the, the, there, <laughs> are, there are different aspects in the uh, male and female anatomy. Um, women right. tend to have larger hips, right? right. As they gen- genetically, because they have to give birth. Yeah, babies and crap. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> those kinds of things do factor into all of this stuff. That, and it's hard to take all those factors out. Um, maybe it should be like a boxing match where, like, before a boxing match, everything is agreed upon, like how long the rounds are going to be, how many rounds, what's the weight of the boxing gloves, all that stuff. So if maybe it has to be like, hey, you know, you get, you have a, you know, two and a half second, like, uh, you know, um, disadvantage for being a trans woman. Oh, so a handicap. A handicap, yeah. Mm. Okay. That's an idea. I, yeah. Um, there's a book about that. And I don't remember what it's called. There was a movie made out of it, too, where this society um, strove for averageness, like the most average of average people, and that if you were smart, we have 13 minutes left, just so you know. Um, if you were highly intelligent, um, they would give you a pill or give you a certain shock or something to try and, to try and downplay your intelligence or give you a handicap so that you are just average. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just what that reminded me of. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not a strong correlation, but that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't either. Sorry. Um, I, we're getting a little bit rambly, so I think we should probably, I don't know if you want to touch on anything else or not. Um, um, well, oh, yeah, I just wanted to say that um, at the time of this recording, uh, my birthday is in two weeks-ish. Um one, one week? One and a half weeks? One week and one day. One week and one day. <laughs> one week and one day. Okay, I can't, I can't count. Um, and my, um, on my birthday in 2015, June 26th of 2015, that is the day that same-sex marriage was legalized nationally. Okay, good. So, yeah. for my 25th birthday, I got... To be able to marry a woman. I got to be able to marry a woman if I, if I so choose. If you so choose. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> That's okay. I'll marry you first. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, then if you marry a woman, would we be polygamist? You would be a polygamist. It'd be illegal down here. You'd have to move to... Utah. Utah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get out of here before we offend anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, okay. Mormons. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, y'all enjoy um, Pride Month. Um, yeah, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Do not. Okay, my people. Your people? Yeah. Who are you, talk- who are you talking to? It's white, middle-aged males. Okay. Don't do anything stupid and try to go break up a gay pride parade. It's, if you don't agree with it, stay your ass at home. They're not doing you any harm. Yeah. Go fishing. Who cares? Just grumble to yourself. That's Grumble to yourself. That's what, you know... If you feel the need that so strongly you have to go do something about someone who's not messing with you at all, 
realize what you're doing and how much that's stupid. Yeah, just don't do anything. Don't do, do, do nothing. That's do less. The simplest, yeah, do less. That's the simplest thing. It's just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And other than that, like, y'all enjoy the month. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. Um, thanks, guys. Right. <laughs> All right. Good night. Bye. <laughs>